You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami. Driven deep to right center field. This has hit a long way. It's gone a home run. Marwin Gonzalez hits his seventh of the year. Last to right off the bat of Rosario. It's back and gone. It's three to two. Eddie Rosario tees off on the first pitch. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Rami Makhlouf here along with Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad, Jason Stark. Joins us at 420. All sorts of stupid stuff lined up at 520 and other news. Patrick Royce. Joins us at 5.40, as he does just about every day, and uh, start the day off with some Twins talk and the latest on the Kimbrel and Keuchel watch. Do we have the... Speculation. We've got stuff coming down like by the minute here from John the, Morosi in Chicago. Do we have the uh, Kimbrel alert system ready to go? Do you have that over there, Jonathan? <laughs> okay, w- hold on a second. Back up from the mic, and I'm going to take my head set off. No, I think we just have it. On, do we have it on tape now? I thought I just. Eon! Eon! <laughs> there it is. There That's it is. right. That's <laughs> either the Kimbrel <laughs> alert system or a, or a donkey with pancreatic oh, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell. Can't tell which one. This is uh, kind of a test. It's kind of a test. So the latest that I heard, I don't know if you have something other than this, Phil. Right before I came on the air, I saw a tweet from The Score in Chicago. They spell it weird. S-C-O-R-E. Why would you spell it that way? I don't get it. But uh, they were told by John Morosi that the Cubs are now the front runner for Craig Kimbrell. Okay, so let's unpack this for All a right. second here. And by the way, uh, the other Craig Kimbrell Chicago Cubs related report. Hit it again, Jonathan. This is not a test. This is real Craig Kimbrell information. Eon, Eon. Eon, Eon. Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic reporting, the Cubs are pushing hard for Craig Kimbrell, but here's here's what we need to unpack, all right? And this is where Rami, noted Cubs fan, you you got to provide some clarity here. The Cubs payroll is at $213 million dollars and an additional $14 million in luxury tax. So they're over the luxury tax threshold, which means they'd have to pay a 32% luxury tax on the average annual value of Craig Kimball's contract. So if it's a, let's say it's a one-year prorated, uh, I don't know if they tax you on the on the proration or how that works, but let's say it's a one-year $18 million contract. They'd have to pay an additional like $6 million on top of what another team would have to pay because they already have a bloated payroll. Yes. Are the Cubs really willing to do that? Because there was all, so much talk in the offseason that they weren't. All indications were that they weren't, that they were strapped payroll-wise. But either A, they're just deciding to hell with it, we'll bite the bullet, we have a chance to do something here, and Craig Kimbrell maybe put this over the top. 
Or the whole Ben Zobrist situation is playing into this. He's been away from the team for a month, for a little over a month, actually, as he goes through a divorce. And they've sort of said, take your time, take as long as you need, and have not been pressuring him back. And some people are thinking that at his age and and this stage in his career, he might just retire and not return to this Cubs team today, or he might just stay on the on on the uh, inactive list. In in which case, they would get some salary relief in that sense, and they could put that money towards a Craig Kimbrell. One of those two things is going on here. If if and all indications are they are in on Craig Kimbrell. He's not being paid right now, and his salary for 2019 is twelve million dollars. So that's off the books now, and he was only around for, what, probably three weeks or so? Yeah. So so th- there's a big proration of that $12 million salary for 2019 that he's not going to get if he does not come back, which is why I think the Cubs are very comfortable to say, you know, Ben, if you got some problems, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he's he got off to a really good start for them, but the offense has not suffered for the Cubs without Ben Zobris. I think... If they had their choice right now, although they love Ben Zobris and he's done a lot for that organization, if they had their choice right now, they'd take Craig Kimbrell over Ben Zobris. So who is in the race right now as far as we can deduct? The Twins have to be, right? Mm-hmm. The Twins are in the race. The Cubs are. the uh, According to uh, uh, KNN sources, Kimbrell Network, News Network sources, that told John Morosi uh, the Atlanta Braves are out. The yes. Atlanta Braves are not we a finalist that. in the Craig Kimbrell sweepstakes. So, and the Yankees reportedly are, are not in on Craig Kimbrell. Now they're the Mets. So are we saying Cubs, Twins, Brewers, we probably think? What about the Red Sox? I don't think they are. This is all very mysterious. The, the, the like, there Dodgers, should be more information. The Dodgers out. might be. The are Dodgers you, could use him. Okay, here's a question for you guys. The Minnesota Twins come into... Today, according to Spotrack.com, with a $121 million payroll, which is 20th in baseball. It's right. It, I mean, it's it's 20th, but it's like right in there. It's within a million or two of the Tigers, the Indians, the Diamondbacks. It's $5 million less than the Brewers. I mean, there's like a cluster of teams that are kind of in that 120 to 125 range. And then there's a, like the Phillies are 144. There's a big jump from the Rangers 14, Phillies 13. So the, the, if the Twins added Kimbrel, they would jump up in just above league average payroll. I think that's very reasonable. I don't. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think money should be the thing. No. And I hope that we find out that it wasn't. I if Craig Kimbrel signs with the Chicago Cubs, and it was because the Cubs just made a better offer on a on a one or a two year contract. I think the Twins will have made a huge mistake if he chooses the Cubs because he thinks the Cubs are better and the Cubs are just a more fun place to play. And you know, go on and down the list of reasons why he might think the Cubs are just a better fit for him. I can live with that. But the Twins are in a position payroll wise. Uh, they've spent more in other seasons. They spent more last season. So they're in a, they're in a spot payroll wise, and they're in a spot record wise where adding another twenty or twenty five probably doesn't cost you a profit at the end of the year, and it puts you right in there, sort of mid pack in Major League Baseball. What if it's Extra years that puts the Cubs offer over the top of the Twins. Which was the big else. fight today. That so, was the fight today on the Twins show. And Derek Wetmore was not going. He said he'd do two years and a team option for a third. If he wants three guaranteed years, Derek was out. I would give three guaranteed years. I would Because, too. again, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. What is the worst that can happen? I'm, now, I'm not going more than three. If the Cubs go four, I'm probably out on four. But I'm going three. And, and financially... I'm keeping up with the Cubs every step of the way there. 
on Craig Kimbrell. On Craig Kimbrell, I will I will meet the Cubs on a three year offer. I will I will match them if they go up to four or a fifth year option. I'm probably going to bow out at that point in time and, and decide to make a trade instead. But if you can go three years, let's say the the price of Polker goes up to three years sixty, I'm matching that. The last time this happened between the Twins and the Cubs was two off seasons ago with you Darvish as the hot commodity free agent on the market. And you, Darvish, only pitched eight games last year, and then his season was over. And uh, he's pitched 12 games this year so far to a 5.02 ERA. So, so you, Darvish, the Cubs went the extra year. It wasn't that they offered more money per year. They just went the extra year. Was it the sixth year that they guaranteed? Yes. So the, the Twins were in the market around five years, and the Cubs said, bleep it, we'll go a sixth year because our team's ready to win right now. Right. And... You Darvish has pitched 20 games for the Chicago Cubs, has a 5 ERA, leads the major leagues in walks issued so far this year. That dude is a train wreck. Mm. He's <laughs> Rami, come on now. He's a disaster. You don't really think this is going to work, do you? I do. Do you think you Darvish is going to work still? I do. Okay. I think he's going to... First of all, he's already started to pitch better this year. And I'll say the same thing about the Cubs rotation as I do the Twins. I'm thinking about postseason. I need you Darvish right. to be right... By the time October comes, and I think he will be. But to me, the key here, without a doubt, is term. I'll go, I will match you financially. I'm not going up to five years. Four years, I probably won't do. But if we can go three years, I'm going to match you, and I'm going to win that one. Yeah, it's uh, we're talking about a 31-year-old reliever, and you can go and look at some of the most dominant closer types in the last 15 years go I know Mariana Rivera is in that group but you know what Craig Kimbrell is he's not Mariana Rivera but Craig Kimbrell's 10 years or nine years in the majors is Hall of Fame caliber to this point mm-hmm. and if you look at a list of eight or ten Trevor Hoffman's Mariana Rivera's and you look at what they were like performance wise between the ages of 31 or 30 and 32 31 and 33 there's not a lot of really bad stories there's some I mean there's risk it's a pitcher but if you're a top reliever and you're one of those flamethrower type guys, there's always risk. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like there's this war path of terrible performances at age 31, 32. Like there would be if you looked at a running back and said, well, come on, give me some precedent for a running back really being great at 31, 32. And you'd say, yeah, there really aren't. There aren't that many. There's right. like there's four. Um, and But with relievers, I can find you all kinds of examples of guys who pitched really well into their mid-30s. So again, I ask, if you're not on board Derek Wetmore in the hallway right now, on a three-year guarantee contract for Craig Kimball, what is the worst that can happen? And if that happens, how bad really is it? If and he gets lit on fire and doesn't <laughs> pitch again and you have My to eat God, it. My God, he's on fire in the bullpen. Like, I mean, that'd be traumatic for people in attendance. It would attendance. be terrible. Yeah, right. Right. Be ter- yeah, little that. kids wouldn't like baseball then. Yes. Yeah. Like, are, are, are we talking like gasoline and matches and stuff here? I mean, that just doesn't seem right. The wicker man. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. But I told, I told Derek this. To me, th- this is a conversation, too, about business. And if you are the twins, not, not only do you have a chance to pounce uh, and probably be more successful on the field with this move, but, Phil, think about this. If you make this move... You're going to sell more tickets. You're going to get more people in your stadium. They're going to buy more concessions, more Kimbrel jerseys, right? And and this would be a defining move in a town right now where, where the majority of our men's major sports teams are disappointing, where you say, we are going to separate ourselves as of today. And, and if I can if I can drive ticket sales and season ticket sales 
and concession stands. I sell more there. And jerseys, guess what? The, the signing of Kimbrel becomes a lot more palatable at that point because, yes, you're paying him a lot, but you're also going to be bringing in a lot more, I think. And when you talk about the risk, weigh that versus the reward. And again, let's talk about playoff roster construction. That's a guy who's going to affect five out of seven games, if not more. If he's at his best. Right. Well, he's going to have some sort of impact, <laughs> positive or negative. He's yeah. going to have some sort of impact. And the track record says, I know he's had his problems in October, but the larger sample size of what he's done over the course of his career says that it's probably going to be a positive impact more times than not. Five out of his seven-game playoff series, you're going to have Craig Kimbrell at your, at, as part of your arsenal. You know what the pitch is to Craig Kimbrell, no pun intended? And this is, Rami's going to have to put earmuffs on for this because he's not going to want to hear this. This is going to be devastating for Rami. I can take it. The Cubs aren't even guaranteed to play an October postseason series. The oh, Cubs right. are, the Cubs aren't even guaranteed to make the playoffs. You're right. The Cubs are 33 and 26. They're fine. They're tied for first place in the National League Central with the Brewers. The Cardinals are right there, three games back. There's a bunch of teams vying for wild card position. The Cubs are right in that same mix with Philadelphia, Atlanta, Milwaukee, St. Louis. Uh, there are a few games up on the Mets. They're way behind the Dodgers, but they're right in there with Colorado, San Diego. There's just like seven teams all vying for like four or five spots. If you're the Twins, you can say, "Listen, dude, you want to pitch in October? Is that? I mean, you're 31 years old. You've been in the league for a long time now, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is about legacy now. Okay, this is about saves, and we'll let you pitch in the ninth, even though we don't think that's the best way to use you. We'll let you pitch in the ninth." We are playing in October. We have a ten and a half game lead right now on a team that just lost its second best starter as well, Carlos Carrasco. Yep. News came down today that he has a mysterious, some sort of blood condition, and and so he's out. Uh, so their pitching staff is in shambles. You can tell Craig Kimball the money's even. We'll give you three years guaranteed, and we're just spending the next three months grooming for the postseason because it's a ten game lead. The Cubs, come on, dude. The Cubs are not guaranteed anything. Makes perfect sense to me. Makes absolutely perfect sense. You're not wrong. On both sides. Yeah. For both sides. You're not wrong. If I was the Cubs, I'd counter with, okay, yeah, but we make the postseason pretty much every year, and we have an all-star infield and some pretty good young talent who's going to be here for years to come. That would be my counter pitch to, to, if I'm the Cubs, to what the Twins said. But you're right. They're not guaranteed to make the postseason this year. And if I'm the twins, I counter with, we've got a two-foot-long hot dog that we're selling out in left field. And that's it's amazing. When I, that's when I, if I'm stick. Craig Kimbrell, I just signed that contract. And <laughs> of course you do. Mow down on that, on that boomstick. You're it's like, it's time. called a boomstick. And, and there's jalapenos and stuff. <laughs> All summer long for free? In the bullpen? Did you guys see uh, Smeltzer last night meditating in the bullpen yeah. before the game? Was, that, was he... Was, he's was lying the down. photo I saw of him lying down? Yeah, he's okay, lying down. I was wondering the, what that was. He's laying down in the bullpen, just out. That's just, his deal now. Does he do that before every game? I yes. guess, yeah. Yep. He just lays down the bullpen. He said he got in He fact, meditates, yeah. So f- following his first start against the Brewers, he went through this thing about how he used to get super uptight and fidgety. And so he, he started to, he and I didn't, he didn't explain this. But yeah, he goes to the bullpen and essentially like lays down and absorbs the atmosphere around him and accepts it. It's all very... Interesting. Zen. Very zen. Yes, it's like it pretty is. much exactly what Judd does before each Mackie and Judd with Rami. Show. Is that why I walked that's in why I got the rug here? He was, he was laying yeah. on the floor in the studio, taking it all in. No, that, that's just because I'm too fat. My pants are tight. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying, to, trying, to, uh, trying to button his pants. I'm trying, I'm trying to, to like, be, ah, I gotta get this. Use the floor as leverage. Yeah. I'm like, Judd, are you meditating? He's like, no, big lunch. Big, <laughs> big lunch, big gut. 
too much beer on Saturday and Sunday, Rami. What's hilarious? Because like in the photo, there's just players wandering around and doing their thing in the bullpen. He's just laying there like he's dead. Meditation yeah. is a powerful thing, though, man. It works. It, I agree. It really works. It, I worked la- it didn't work last night actually so well. I meditated this morning. I'm ready. I'm ready to have a good show, guys. What's taking you so long? <laughs> I was going to say eventually. Hold on a second. <laughs> you started the show by saying you think you Darvish is going to be fine, and you just told me know, that you're going to have well, a good show. Can I? Maybe he's not, he might not be fine. I'm just saying you can't declare the signing a failure yet. How it's far a, into it can we? We're, it's we're, a six-year oh, no, deal. We're 33 percent into the signing. I'll, I'll, tell, you it. A I'll tell you this right can now. I do it. If he's a good pitcher for a World Series winning team, whole deal is worth it. He's not going. I don't be. care if the other five years are terrible. If he's a good pitcher for a World Series winning team. The whole six-year deal was worth it. I agree with that, but that's all, but you're basically saying on the three percent chance yeah. that those things align in the next three and a half years. I mean, I think it's better than three percent, but okay. What have you seen from him in in the past? We'll go to, go back to Texas and the Dodgers as well. That leads you to believe that he's actually going to be an effective pitcher on a World Series team. I mean, he's been an effective pitcher for the majority of his career. But other don't than you one, remember that whole thing? Postseason. That whole thing where where they said his problem was he's tipping his pitches and we can fix it. And the Dodgers, I think, said the same thing. And then the Cubs did as well. And guess what? Yeah, but his problem with he's the just, Cubs has not been tipping pitches. Right, he's breaking he was, down. He was hurt last year, yeah. and then this year he hadn't pitched for almost a full season. Yeah, the problem was he's breaking. His down. last few starts, he's been he's been really good. Yeah, he's, he's, sharp. Fall, he's falling apart. He looks real sharp. He's been sharp. He's completely lost. He looked really sharp in those two starts against the Astros in the World Series, too. <laughs> he was tipping his pitches. Come on. Sorry, Rami. No, it's cool. It makes you guys feel better. I fought better. with Derek today. Now I'm fighting with you. Yes, <laughs> it does. We are Minnesota sports fans who will lash out at anybody it's fine. at any time. It's fine. This is all be, and I know why this is happening on the same day that Craig Kimbrell is rumored to be going to the Chicago Cubs. It, it makes sense. It makes sense okay, that there's they're some just they're just rumors, there. okay? Right. It's just rumors. Yes. Fake. There's fake news running rampant around the country. According okay? to the Kimbrell Alert system, John Morosi. What, what does he know? <laughs> Can't believe you actually had that in your back pocket. I live on the Rami farm with the eons. Eon. Eon. Let's talk to Jason Stark oh, when we come back God. here. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the on the score north. Well, if the twins don't wind up with Kimbrell, they're going to need some insurance. And uh, luckily for them, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, of the many, many things Federated Insurance provides, help to business owners, over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. I don't know if it means mining the National League for uh, for trade candidates, but we might have to we might have to put in a phone call and see here. If you're a business owner and you ride the ups and downs and the grind on a daily basis, solving problems, putting out fires, taking care of employees, there's a lot of elation, there's a lot of frustration. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you that peace of mind as you navigate those challenges of running a business. So when you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from a lot of experience in a lot of different areas making businesses successful. Federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan, Mackie, and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and scorenorth.com. We have a a five-day-a-week twin show. It's called the Score North Twin Show. Noon, Monday through Friday with uh, the three of us are on it. Different times of the week. Glenn Perkins is part of it. Patrick Royce. You can hear that live on Score North and scorenorth.com and also on demand anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, and the Score North mobile app are great places to go for that. Jason Stark from The Athletic and MLB Network. 
Uh, we've just been uh, minute by minute monitoring on the Kimbrel News Network here the, <laughs> the current whereabouts of Craig Kimbrel, the reports from around uh, baseball and, and, and some of your brethren. And so I guess our question is if it sounds like the Cubs are the front runners here, according to some smart reporters, but if, if the Twins were to swoop in and land him, from where they sit right now, 10 games up in the division, to where Kimbrell could help them in the postseason if he's pitching at his best, like how much does he elevate the Twins in your mind if they pull it off? Yeah, you know, I really thought the Twins were the favorite until the Cubs got aggressive. Uh, you know, and that's a shame. We're talking about a guy, the best strikeout ratio in history among pitchers with as many innings as he's pitched. Uh, more saves than Mariano Rivera at his age. The second lowest whip in the history of baseball. The best fielding independent pitching in the history of baseball. The, the lowest opponent average in the history of baseball. So that's the track record, okay? <laughs> There's nobody on the Twins roster that matches that. So the question is, all right, what's he got left? I hear people talk about how bad he was in the second half. The league hit 149 against him. He had a better strikeout rate in the second half than in the first half. What happened was he lost his delivery. He lost his command. He walked too many in the second half. He walked too many in the postseason. Uh, he did pitches in the postseason. But people are reading way too much into this. Uh, this guy is a major difference maker. We've been hearing the Cubs have been cash-strapped since the offseason when they didn't get in on the bidding of any free agents then. How all of a sudden are they the front runners for Craig Kimbrell? Does this have anything to do with the Ben Zobris situ- situation? Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, my colleague at the Athletic, Ken Rosenthal, wrote about this just the other day. And because Ben Zobrist is not with the team and may not be with the team at all, they have not had to pay him. And, be, you know, that this is a guy making, what, $17 million a year? That's off the top of my head. And so start thinking about all the money that comes off their payroll that doesn't count against their luxury tax payroll, they suddenly have wiggle room that they didn't have before. They knew they needed to address this. They knew closure was a huge issue. And they knew this was the guy. And so now they have the ability to chase that guy. It's not going to be cheap. I mean, I mentioned this a bunch of times to you. This is not going to be a one-year deal. It's not going to be some bargain rate. Uh, it's certainly going to be a multi-year deal. I think it's going to be three years. So even though the draft pick comes off, it's still going to be pricey. Three years at, give, give me a ballpark guess, uh, Jason Stark, what you he think it's going to cost him. For 50 for three. Um, I can't tell you where it's going to wind up. I, I would do. I, I would. I would do, like, I, yeah, I mean, I know that it's we're spending Jim Poldad's money, but I'm in. Like, I I don't know. This is part of it. I know that we have a lot of forward thinking front offices here who are looking at age thirty two, thirty three, and saying I don't want to pay for that. But I mean, come on, if you're in position to win a World Series right now, and you have to, let, let's say he's terrible, and you have to eat that. How many teams does that really cripple right now? And I would argue, from the twin standpoint, it really doesn't, even if it's a bad contract. Yeah, they have, they have plenty of financial flexibility. Plenty, but he has, you know, if he has a chance to go to the Cubs, he's going to go to the Cubs. Would be my guess. 
<sighs> again, Sorry, again, Ronnie Jason is so Stark. Happy right now. Again, Minnesota <laughs> loses. Hey, why? Why do you think that that uh, that this is still playing out? Because I I think the assumption among a lot of baseball fans and people was that when the uh, compensatory compensation came off on Monday that, that they would sign pretty quickly. Why does it seem that the bidding didn't start until then? What's your uh, guess? I'm surprised. Oh my! Uh, you know that it, you know. Sunday night at midnight, so Monday morning, is when the draft pick disappeared. I thought they might sign it like 5 after 12, him and Keiko both. But, you know, the Cubs' interest is late breaking, and that's changed the dynamic of that one. Uh, I, I, I'm really surprised that Dallas Keiko hasn't signed with the Yankees yet. <laughs> but uh, the whole thing has been bizarre. From start to finish, so why would this be any different? Do you think it's possible it's just taking Keiko this long to shave his beard before he can join the Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the best theory I've heard yet. <laughs> you explained everything. Why is that still a thing, by the way? Like, I why? Know. I mean, I mean, is that how many players? Is there going to be a player that can come in and say, "No, I'm, I'm Craig." If, if it was Craig Kimbrell, for instance, he's right. like, "No, I'm good. I'm yeah. going to keep the beard." You can nobody, nobody has yet. You know, it's the the power of the pinstripes. Don't I? I can't explain it. It's, <laughs> they're, the, they're the only team left in sports that has a no facial hair policy. Yeah, really. in in all of sports, not just in they baseball. In all of sports, I think you're right. Talking, I think they are talking with Jason Stark here from the Athletic and MLB Network on Mackie and Judd with Rami as we do every Wednesday at this time. I've noticed a, a dramatic uptick in, in shifting for the Twins this year, Jason. We, we've, we've talked a lot about the changes in the game with you over the course of this year when you've joined us weekly. But that's not just a trend with the Twins. I saw a stat on MLB Network the other day. It might have been you talking about yeah. it. That baseball teams are shifting upwards of like 40 or 50 percent? I forget the exact number, but it was a, a ridiculously high number. Yeah, it's shifting. You would think that... You know, by this year, teams would have figured out every possible way to shift and would have done it already. But no, shifting is up twenty eight percent on balls and plays this year. That's that's going to be an increase of somewhere in the neighborhood of ten thousand shifts. Uh, no team shifted nineteen hundred times on balls and play last season. The Twins are one of seven teams that are going to that are going to do that this season. And just the percentage of of plate appearances where hitters face shift that that is exploding it's now 42 percent of the time on balls and play a hitter faces a shift it was 11 percent five years ago wow. and now if you add in strikeouts you know, it's more than half of all plate appearances there's a shift in place and that's where we are there you, i mean left-handed hitters are pretty much seeing a shift every time they come to the plate, unless they're really unique in the way they spray the ball around the field. Not to say that I'm some kind of genius who thought about this a long time ago. I didn't, but now that it is such a big part of the game, when you think about the fact that it's defense, that's what these guys, they're playing defense, and you look at defense in football, you look at defense in basketball, they put defenders where the ball or the offensive players are going. Shouldn't this, right. have, shouldn't this have happened a long time ago, Jason? Isn't this <laughs> something, something somebody should have thought of a long time ago? Yeah, well, they thought of it. They just didn't have the information to do it with this kind of precision. Uh, 
you know, Whitey Herzog and Gene Mock and Earl Weaver, all these guys had their spray charts, and they were, they were doing stuff like this, but never to this degree. Now, they, they can, I mean, they know with complete precision, if we throw you this pitch in this quadrant of the strike zone, we know exactly where you're likely to hit it, and somebody's going to be standing there. And, you know, it's just, just like in football. If it's third and an inch, you're not going to have, uh, you know, the defensive backs playing 20 yards off the ball. There's going to be 10, 11 guys in the box trying to stop the run. That's all this is. It's just simple logic. The question is, at what point is there too much? At what point does the commissioner push the union to say, we, we need to limit this in some way? Remember, they're studying this in the Atlantic League right now. So with all this being said, uh, Jason, and with the shifting that goes on now and shortstops playing second and second baseman playing right field and to go to, down that entire line, <laughs> how, how, how much, if this, if this is kept in its current format, how much are we going to need to think about or rethink things like gold gloves? Because that always went to, you know, the shortstop makes incredible plays and goes deep in the hole, but now the ball's hit to him right there. So, so is this eventually going to affect how we perceive the competence of players defensively? Well, it it, it does make it difficult to even keep score. Tell me about <laughs> it. Right? And Judd I, keeps a I, lot of scorebooks. I kept score list. last night. Yeah, it was... A 6-3, a 5-3, you know, a, the old 5-6-3 double play. Tell like me only, about, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, 6-5-3 double plays. All these things you never wrote down in your book before. They don't tell you anything about what happened. And fielding metrics are beginning to take on the same shape. You know, luckily, the science has advanced so much that they know that if Miguel Sano is playing in one spot for the first three pitches of the at-bat, and then he gets two strikes, and now he's just over to the other side of the infield or whatever, this is now charted. There was a time it was not charted, and it's it just it's almost amusing to look back on the way say baseball reference assigns retroactive uh, defensive metrics to stuff that wasn't charted with any precision yeah. when it happened. So you I, know, and or make like it, it figures in the wins above replacement computations, and you got to take a lot of this stuff now and with, with grains of salt. What what we're figuring and computing now has almost nothing to do with what was done 10, 20, 30, 100 years ago. Yeah, and Jason Stark from The Athletic and MLB Network. And it was one of my biggest pet peeves, and they don't do it as much on broadcast anymore. They would put a left fielder's fielding percentage on the screen as if that matters, or it, it, no. it doesn't account for no. anything important. Do you know, is there a standard measurement that teams use? I know there's different forms of UZR and DR, defensive runs saved plus minus, is there a stat or a number that is somewhat reliable, even with the shifting, or have we not really gotten to that point? You know, the Sports Info Solutions data is useful, and it's interesting. And the Fangraph stuff, UZR, is, is definitely interesting. But what teams are using is way beyond that. You know, I talk to the, stat, the Sports Info Solutions people all the time, and there's a limited amount of information they're allowed to give me. If I have a more specific question, I've got to have somebody on a team yeah. who is willing to help me with it. 
Um, so there's a lot out there, and it's even going to hit uh, a whole nother level next year when they they get away from TrackMan and they use the tennis replay system that actually will track every movement on the field, Love it. every single one. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. We can we can watch. Uh, that's why we need Bartolo Colon to come back to baseball. <laughs> so we can track his every movement. No, we have William the, Destadio That's now. true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he is a new Bartolo. Exactly. <laughs> All right. You got trivia for us by chance this week, Jason? Yeah. Let's let's try to do some trivia. Now, I, I, I was racking my brain. Here's what I came up with. Okay. Bruce Bochy just won his thousandth game with the Giants. I know you know that. TK and Ron Gardenhire both won a thousand games for the Twins. Can you name the only other manager who even won 500 games managing the Twins? Well, we got to go back before this guy was born here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gene, yeah. So Gene Mock. I think Judd's gonna Judd's gonna carry us on this one if we're gonna get it. I mean, how long did Gene Mock manage the Twins? Uh, for about what is it, about five years? Um, did they win a hundred games per year? I was going to say they, but that, <laughs> those, <laughs> those were not those were not good Twins teams. <laughs> that mm. The only the only guess that I would have is the guy that took him to the World Series in '65 because he managed him for a while. Sam Mealy. Sam Mealy. Yeah, that I mean, would be Rami and I aren't going to refute that. Well, I'm, no. I'm, I'm just trying to think beyond that. Uh, who else would have been there long enough to eat, Wait, even get near? Are we getting uh, the games that Scott Ulger was the manager when Guardy would get ejected and get a win? Because that <laughs> might be five hundred. That might be five hundred. All right, we'll go with Judd's guess. Yeah, Sam Millie is right. Hey, there you right. go, Judd. Sam Millie won five twenty-four. Okay. Gene Mock was three seventy-eight. You know, Paul Mahler got over three hundred. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Really. Yeah. Sneaky. The other thing I found yeah. amazing, Billy, uh, Sam Mealy had more 90-win seasons with the Twins than Bruce Bochy's had for the Giants. Really? Interesting. It's, I never would have seen that coming. No. no Do you but, know who had more 90-win seasons, TK or Ron Gardner? Well, let's see. Gar- it was probably Gardy. I would say Gardy. Yeah, did, I mean, t- TK might have only had two. Yeah, no, it was Gardy five to three. Okay. So 91, they won 90. Ninety two they won ninety. <laughs> yeah. Did they have eighty seven they won like eighty five showing off. We already got the trivia. We're, 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 oh, now Robbie doesn't like it. If Robbie's not getting the answer, right. right? No, let's fire this back up. What's the third year in which Tom Kelly Wait, won 90 games? Second. Hold on a second. So they went down They went down the bleeper in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> was it 90? Was, would it have been 93? No, that was... Was it? No. It was... Well, we're done with the trivia, right? You just want yeah. to answer? Yeah, yeah, just give us yeah, an answer. Yeah. Sorry, 91, you know, was 95 wins. But then the next year, they won 90. And then, let's see, the other year was 1988. Oh, okay. So oh. the year after the two World Series appearances, they won That's 90 right. games. I should have known that. What do you know? Interesting. Jason Stark, we'll talk to you next week. That sounds good. All right. <laughs> see you, Jason. Jason. Jason Stark from <laughs> theathletic.com slash MLB. And MLB. He's right network. though. Keeping score is a pain in the ass now. Do you get? Do you get? A, I draw lines. Do you get joy out of sitting at home watching a lines. road game, keeping score? Yeah. You mean you draw lines? So if if it's if it's a six three, but the shortstop's playing second base, basically, I draw a line to second base. 
So I mark it down 6-3 to, to record the out correctly with the correct position player. I have a question. But if he's playing on the right but if he's playing on the right field side of second base, I draw a, a arrow towards right field to show where he was. I see. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? Why? <laughs> Honestly, because <laughs> the only way that I can keep track of a baseball game is to keep score. What do you mean? My mind wanders, I don't pay attention cuz oh, I'm trying so to pay you attention. Zone out. Yeah, I you zone, zone out badly. Out. Okay. And if I'm keeping score, then it forces me to at least be engaged. You know what gets me is Twitter. I will I will stop focusing on a baseball game so if, I, if I go down a Twitter wormhole. I got to so be careful. Like, like if I, if I shoot off a tweet while a baseball game is going on, I just have to fire off the tweet and put down my phone. I can't. If you go back to see how much hashtag engagement it has, I cannot. Once I can't, I just have to. If they just have to go out and be forgotten about. Twitter's nasty. It really is. I can I can have. If I sit on the couch with my phone, if I have a game on TV, there's a good chance I'm going to tune out of the game completely. Yeah, it'll get you. Mm-hmm. Get you. Get you. <laughs> What's that sound again for the Kimball alert? Jonathan, you got that? I mean, I can always do it on No, that's okay. <laughs> Just That might be my favorite thing in a long time. <laughs> Joey, when we come back here, can you I think it's pretty accurate? Can, can you explain to us why another former Minnesota player is going from mediocre to breaking out with another team? Of course I can, I'm mm. sure. Okay. We'll do that. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North. From the TCL studios, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and it's a huge TV brand worldwide. In fact, Mackie and Jeb with Rami isn't the only world-famous show and uh, celebrity talent that uh, raves about TCL TVs. TCL has partnerships all over the world. It's the official TV of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx, the official smart TV sponsor of the Ellen DeGeneres show. So it's pretty much Ellen and Mackie and Jeb with Rami are the worldwide spokespeople for TCL TVs. It's very exciting. Uh, TCL gives you the most streaming entertainment options of any TV on the market. You get a built-in Roku device, which easily allows you to toggle back and forth between your cable or satellite channels and 5,000-plus streaming channels. I mean, I'm looking at our menu right now. Netflix, NBC, uh, FX Now, NBC Sports Network. I know there's a few people here who like to tune into a WWE Network. Uh, not just not just me as the only wrestling geek. TCL and TCLUSA.com. Is your house okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just the tree fell like right in front of it and kind of took out the gutter in one of the corners. Like that looked We're like good. it could have, if that had come come down 10 feet mm-hmm. to the right. Wait, what did I miss? You didn't see this? What happened? Tree fell on, tree fell down in my yard. Really? Almost on my house, yeah. Wind Last or lightning? Uh, wind. National Weather Service, I guess, registered an 85 mile per hour wind gust in the area. Well, that was a huge tree too. I have, well now I have just four of them. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. After the show ended yesterday, I get a call from a unknown number. Like the number's not registered in my phone, so I don't answer it. Generally, what I do, I'm like, okay, not you can leave a message if it's important. Leave a message. Yeah, and they left a message. No, they didn't leave a message. Oh. They just kept calling back. I'm like, oh, what the heck's going on? Like, still not going to answer because I don't know who it is. And then my buddy calls me, former boss at another job. He's like, hey, dude, there's a tree on your house. I'm like, oh, what? Was any. Was anybody home when it happened or no? No, just a cat that's now scared of the house. Well, I don't blame the cat. <laughs> that is my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. And old, I've got two more. trees. I've got two more on that side of the house that take wind gusts regularly. Yeah. But everything's all right until we get the inspection on the roof. So 
Good. You could send Judd out and Judd will analyze it. Judd will analyze it and then tell someone else to use a chainsaw (laughs) to... They've already got the tree clear, so that's good. Oh, no, no. The the insurance company will come out and certainly declare that you need a a new roof. I'm okay with that. It'll be glorious. Yeah, don't fear that now. Considering it got a roof It's the tree hitting the house that scares me. Considering the roof got replaced like two years before I bought it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I'll take a new roof again. Yeah, absolutely. So, man, that, that everyone's okay. Or you can plan on the the new roof and then perhaps forget about that. But you got the check. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's Judd Zolgad. <laughs> Never. Z-U-L-G-A-D that's insurance fraud. That's insurance right there. <laughs> Zolgad here for insurance fraud. When I, when I got out of the pokey, I realized insurance fraud was the wrong thing. Live a clean I life like I do. My <laughs> lesson. Like, speaking of frauds, by the way. Yeah. Okay, 44 games with the Minnesota Wild in the postseason. 44 games. A seasoned postseason veteran. Mm-hmm. Charlie Coyle, seven goals, eight assists, so 15 total points, and a minus 17 with the Minnesota Wild. Can I say something real quick about Charlie Coyle? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not a hockey guy, right? But I watch SportsCenter, or, whatever, or I, I watch, like, Levitard, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and people talk about hockey, or they show highlights, or whatever. And I keep hearing Charlie Coyle's name come up. And I say to myself, wait a minute, wasn't he on the wild? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't really know about hockey, but Rami, wasn't he on the wild? Yeah. And then I'll and then I'll say to myself, no, because he's really good. And they would have been good if Charlie Coyle was was doing this for the wild, but apparently so he was. He played for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. I'm guessing he wasn't doing this though. Glad that glad that you found some sea salt to pour into our wounds here today. <laughs> I was going to say, what was, that, what was the purpose of that whole thing Thank that you, you just did right there? Yeah, And you're going to get Kimbrel, and everything's going to go great for Rami. Everything's going fantastic for Rami. Yeah, just uh, just keep trolling along over there, Rami. That's fine. Yeah. So, 44 games, 7 goals, 8 assists in the postseason, 15 points. 21 games for Boston in this this year's postseason. So, he's played less than half the amount of postseason games this year. Uh, as he, although he's played well, far more postseason games this year than in any other year with the Wild because they never went that far. Nine goals, seven assists. So he already has more points, more goals, and more points than his previous postseason career. Yeah, and a plus six in yeah. the plus minus department. Yeah, explain that to me. Actually, I can. It's a little painful, but this is not. So, so the coiled trade is not a terrible trade because you got what's now bumped from a fifth to a fourth round pick and Ryan Donato appears to be a good player. But this is truly a player being put into onto a team and into a situation in which he can thrive. And the issue with Coyle is don't for one second think that if he had stayed here, it would be different for him here. He has been so he got to Boston. In fact, I've got the stats here. If I can find them quickly, he played. This player was in right, but was in there. He got he got to Boston uh, after the trade in February of this year, and he had two goals and four assists in twenty one regular season games with the Bruins to end the season. And I think they started him much like the Wild did. He moved around. They started him at wing, and then they put him at center. But in the playoffs, he has been used ideally, which is on the third line at center with two consistent line mates. And the difference here was they moved him from wing to center and back. And the bigger issue, though, was when he started to play well, he got bumped up. Boston's got a plethora of really, really good players. So, like, if the if the Wild had the ability to say, Charlie, we can afford to play you at center on the third line, and that's your job. 
he can thrive. But what they said was, hold on a second here. If you're on third line and you're playing well, you're going up to the second line. And then the first line, perhaps. And so he, he was overwhelmed and probably not good enough to assume the responsibilities that the Wild needed him or thought that, that he, he had had to do. But if you watch these two teams in the Stanley Cup, they go four lines deep. They go 12 forwards deep apiece. So this is kind of like the Twins keeping Buxton in the nine hole. Yes. That he might get overwhelmed if that's he bets first yes, or third. Or very well. They get more out of him by asking less of him. Yes. And the pressure is dialed down. And and here the pressure was constant. Now the one the one change that I've seen in, with him in Boston, and I think that the players he's surrounded by are not only better, but it's better uh, chemistry as well. Is he looks far more empowered? Here he was sort of see pe- people now are saying, well, he didn't work hard here. That's not true. He worked really hard here, but he was afraid to shoot. He he would like go through periods where he wouldn't shoot, and you'd be like, Charlie, shoot the bleeping puck. Yeah. And and he would look almost scared. And in Boston now, he, he's put in an ideal situation, and he appears to be empowered, and he's certainly shooting a lot now, as, as the statistics that you just read uh, show us. But I really do not believe that the success that he has found in Boston was possible here because the role he was playing here was different and too much for him. So, uh, so Boston is working on a grand slam of taking athletes and BASFing them, elevating them, and giving them championships from Minnesota. Hmm. Those BASF yeah. commercials. Or we make, we don't better. make a lot of the products you buy. We make a lot of the products you buy or better. Or without that's, a doubt. That's Boston for Minnesota athletes. KG, really solid player. Yep. You just need to be elevated in Boston to win a championship. Big Poppy, nice little power hitter there. We'll turn you into a Hall of Fame generational player. Charlie Coyle, yeah, all right, got some potential. We're going to turn you into, a, do they give out, is it a playoff MVP? Yes, because Arbos, he's yes. like legitimately, he yes. he's in the mix he's got, for this. He's a, yes, very much. He has nine good. goals in twenty-one games. Oh, he's That's been fantastic. Insane. He's been fantastic. That's crazy. Yeah, over the course of a season, he's on. It's like a forty-goal pace for him I, that he probably wouldn't be able to hold up over eighty-two. But if he had played like this in any of the, just pick one wild postseason, any of them. Would they have gone to the Stanley Cup Finals if he had given? Because that's really what the criticism was of him and that entire crop. Mikhail Groundland, like one of you but, guys scored yeah. nine goals in twenty games. But but my point is that he didn't. He couldn't have played like this because the players that he was surrounded by here weren't good enough to make him this player. So you you are always asking him to do too much. He's not capable. He's capable of being a really a really effective player in this role. Third line, the third line. So so. Essentially, you've got six forwards on each of these teams that that are world-class players, and and they are, to a certain degree, probably canceling each other out. And then you've got Charlie Coyle. And so the answer to your question is, ideally, yes, but the Wild was always far too desperate for him to do too much, and I think what drove us all nuts from their perspective, too, was He'd play center for three games or for three weeks, and then he'd play wing, and then he'd go back and forth. And his confidence constantly seemed drained. This is, I I think, the difference with him in Boston, the starting point for the difference is he is empowered and in an environment that works. I've talked about this a, a thousand times. The wild environment's not good. The room is not good. You don't have you don't have guys there that are capable of of being the leaders, and ultimately, pretty much, the type of players that the Bruins have. Man, and I'm just like going through the list of players who were, like, they were fine here, they showed some potential, and then they went somewhere else and just became all-world. Ryan Presley, 
goes to Houston. Aaron Hicks goes to the Yankees, hits a bunch of home runs. Does this at all make you think twice about trading Andrew Wiggins? (laughs) (laughs) Should the opportunity present itself? A little bit. (laughs) Especially if if it's Danny Ainge and the Celtics that come calling, you just hang up the damn phone. You don't even listen to the offer. A little bit. That's a good segue. Actually, because there was a lot of drama with the Timberwolves when Jimmy Butler was thumping his chest and doing interviews with Rachel Nichols. Is this from a book that Derrick Rose is writing? Yes, These Derrick that Rose came out? has an upcoming book. With Sam Smith. Okay. Yeah, and he, uh, I don't know, he said some things about some things that happened that we should get into. When we I did not here. expect to be sympathetic to Tom Thibodeau. And I am. We'll dive into it when right. we come back. This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. 